I, I took two of these seniors in particular off just to have one last moment with them. I was thanking them more than they were thanking me. Hey, what's going on? You're listening to the Live Leaderly Podcast. I'm your host, Darren Alba. Here on the show, we invite guests from all walks to share their stories about leadership, which just become stories about life. I ask that with the people in your life, please tell your story, listen to theirs, but in the meantime, we'll do it together here on the Live Leaderly Podcast. And joining us on the show today, head basketball coach at Avon Old Farms, Matt Mihalik. Matt, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, Darren. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate being here. Yeah, glad glad to have you on the show. Thanks again for coming on. Where are you calling in from today? I live in Avon, Connecticut. It's um, about 15 minutes outside of the capital of Hartford. It's a beautiful, uh, beautiful snowy spring day up in the up in New England. Great. I'm a I'm a big big basketball fan. Do you have a a pro team? You have a favorite pro team up there in the Northeast? Uh, you know. I think that um, for me, the the highest level that I really fall in love with was is the college level, um, okay. and I do appreciate the pros. But that's that's after that's after this is the wrong month to ask about pro sports because we got March Madness upon us here. So yeah, I'll fall in love with the, the Sixers again come April. But until then, it's just all college hoops. Okay, yeah. college hoops. I'm headed to uh, UT this fall, so I have a uh, have a new team to root for this March. Come come tournament time, we'll see we'll see how they do. Yeah, definitely. There's, there's good ball down there in Texas. Uh, first question I want to ask Matt: If if you have a first memory of leadership, maybe when you're a kid or a teenager, what, what was that that first memory for you? I can think of a lot of the the early memories of leadership was the kids that were that I played sports with, and I know that that's kind of a typical answer. But now that you have the gift of hindsight and looking back of, of what made those kids leaders, it wasn't that they were good at sports. I, I think it had to do with them involving us with them being good at sports. You know, there's a lot of individual sports. I'm talking, I'm thinking about the kids that I played baseball with or basketball with. They were the ones who felt like I was like part of the part of the game or part of the team. Um, and to have somebody who was talented but also reach back and, and kind of bring up somebody who's maybe I felt like I was maybe tagging along in some cases. Um, but it, it was nice to be included by the, the people that were good at what they do. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that they, you know, when you're 12 years old, you may not know that you're a leader, you're just playing sports. But I think it's, you know, again, looking back here 20 years later, or whatever, it's a good lesson you know the kids that don't just be good at something but but reach back and include people look back and include the the group of people make them feel part of the team part of the you know just include them in 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 what's going on yeah and i think that at that age like you're kind of doing it just subconsciously i think i think if people do that now they would know that i i am a leader and i'm going to include them but you know when you're 11 or 12 just to do it kind of subconsciously, I think that's just natural leadership, which is admirable to see when to, when, you, when you when you see other twelve year olds doing it now. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you covered a, a little ground since then. Could you uh, talk more about where you're from and your background a little bit? Yeah. So, I, I I guess the stories that I had in mind were when I was in in Philadelphia. I was born in uh, in Philly and lived there till I was ten or so. My dad is a coach, and he was coaching at LaSalle University, and at that age, when I was ten, we moved to uh, Niagara Falls area. He was a, he was the coach at Niagara University, so I did get a lot of leadership lessons from him, um, watching him in his profession. So 
yeah, so I split my childhood between Philadelphia and then a suburb of Buffalo. I went to high school in Buffalo and college in Cleveland. And I started my career, my own coaching career in, in the D.C. area down in down in Washington, D.C. So, uh, yeah, a little bit of bouncing around, but a lot of uh, good exposure throughout the way. Okay. And then made your way uh, back up to Connecticut. How long have you been up at uh, Avon Old Farms? Yeah, so I... Again, I, I guess I just gave you a real quick rundown for for till I got to DC, and then I got a I got a great great opportunity to join staff at at uh, University of Hartford under John Gallagher, who was, was just a tremendous uh, people person. We talk about leadership; he's a tremendous people person. He he, he made everybody um, talk about inclusion and and making people feel feel safe and valued. He did a great job with that. That was in 2015, and. Four years later, I got the job at Avon. So 2019 until now um, has been the Connecticut chapter. Okay, awesome. And so, if you could go back to uh, you know you as that first or second year year coach, what kind of uh, leadership advice or lessons or you know just nuggets about leadership would have been helpful? You think back then for for initial you know coach Mahalik? Yeah, yeah. So for so from 2010 until 2019 i was an assistant uh, at various stops along the way the high school in washington dc area george mason and hartford and one of the lessons that i'd always learned from people that i look up to was when you're whenever you get your chance whenever you have to be a head coach one of the things that they said was you got to be prepared you get you're going to be the guy that has to have the tough conversation every once in a while and that is true and it's a lonely job to be to be the you know, the head go to go from being an assistant when you're one of three or four or five people on the staff to being uh, the head coach, it, it gets lonely. And that's just one of those things is be, be prepared to have the tough conversation because you're the only one that can have it. And um, I wish I could go back and, and not put too much pressure on those conversations. I think that I thought that they would be a tough conversation meant it was going to be inevitable doom. And it wasn't. It's just, you know, you got to make the decision. You got to, or you, you have to e- explain a, a truth or just get everybody on the same page. And, and it's not as tough as my younger self was anticipating that it would be. It's not easier. They're a tough conversation for, for a reason. It's not, a, not easy. It's not something you want to do every day. Um, but, you know, there's those times where um, you need to kind of re- tighten the screws, uh, uh, so to speak, of, of just, just making sure everything's on the same page and the, the plan is 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 what's best for the group, and um, you know they aren't as tough if it's if it's well thought out and it's with the the care and intention that the the program needs. Um, it's what has to be done. It's not it's not so it's not so tough. Is it uh? Did those just kind of get easier, or you know, um, easier over time, just doing them and having those conversations, and then uh, what 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 made you realize that this isn't as hard as you know uh, earlier, Matt thought. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think they're any easier. And and look, and to, to anybody, you're not here trying to land a, a module on the moon. Here, we're talking about you know playing time for a 16 year old, mm-hmm. or um, you know what position a kid wants to be, or or you know these are these are things that are um, you know manageable manageable problems to solve. But but no, they don't get easier. You know, it's it's whether it's one 16 year old in in 2019 who, who wants to play more. Or, a different 16 year old in 2022 who wants to play more. And it's the same conversation. It's the same difficulties. And and I feel the same, you know, I feel the same empathy, but 
Um, I think there's just no better teacher than experience. And I think that uh, experience shows that it has allowed me just more comfort in those situations or, or, you know, and I use that example for playing time, but maybe Mm -hmm. it's, you know, maybe it's a recruiting conversation or it's a, you know, a a game plan or whatever, whatever the case may be. It's, it's, it just becomes a little bit better with more experience. Okay. Leaders are are often born and developed through sports on on the on the court. But what is it about sports that teaches you know these kids and people how to how to be better leaders? What is it about sports that does that? You think? It's a good question. I think sports is just first of something that people can be passionate about. So there is a desire to to lead because there's people that want to be really good at something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You may feel differently about. And again, I'm going to put it in perspective for the kids that I spend a lot of time with that they may they may like their science class or their history class and they may want to do well in those things but they may love the sport that they're playing and so that that gives them a little bit more of a a desire to just try extra hard and to and then that they're they're, i guess leadership emerges from Mm -hmm. from that passion and so does followship i guess it's use a, a partner term. Um, there's inherent leaders and inherent followers too. I mean, there's if all 13 guys in the roster were a leader and nobody was a follower, then nobody's a leader either. Mm-hmm. So I guess that there's a, there's these roles that, that you find yourself in that you wouldn't find in maybe a classroom. You may not know there's no captain of the team in the classroom. There's no, I don't mean to mitigate the, the value of a leadership in a classroom as well, but, but I think sports gives a lot of platforms that are re- more easily recognizable. Mm-hmm. Are you ever uh, surprised by maybe a, a student or a, a player who maybe didn't exhibit leadership qualities or an aptitude for leadership, but maybe throughout the season or, or the years, you know, something something else happens, there's a switch or something that happens and he's a, I don't know, a much different person and leader? You know what? So <clears throat> I don't mean to sound hypocritical because I was talking about the difference between classroom and, and the, you know, and the court, mm-hmm. but um, I've had that. I've felt that way. I watched kids in a classroom become leaders there. And just the way, it, it, so this is a special school. Avon Home Farms is a special school. You can have, I think the class that I'm, that I'm about to uh, refer to is there was eight kids in the class. So okay. it was very conversational. There was mm-hmm. a lot of, and I teach math, but it was very conversational. Um, so not only is the student teacher student ratio, uh, lend itself to to a lot of conversation, but most of these kids are really into sports. Mm-hmm. So this class had a few hockey kids and um, some lacrosse guys, and 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 you could feel the lines blurring between how they are as hockey players and how they are as math students. Mm-hmm. One of the kids asked me, who ended up being, I would say, a leader in this venue, "Can you put my homework up on the board and just chirp me?" And it was, it was, it's a hockey term, you know, like he, like he wanted constructive feedback for his mm-hmm. homework and he wanted to do it in front of everybody, which is, it's just like watching film the day after a game. Can you just pull up everything we did wrong? And sure. But it was, uh, it was, it was really good to see because I, I think that whether it's sports or school or whatever, like everybody has something where they're trying to achieve a goal. If you're trying to achieve a goal, then it's kind of the same, a lot of the same attitudes. Mm-hmm. Which cool. So I'll, I'll kind of transition into, that's a good transition into a big theme of the show. Our, our question here is, can anyone learn to lead whether or not they have, you know, they're born as a leader, they have the background, education, experience. Can, can anyone learn to lead? How would you approach that, Matt? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And Darren, I mean, you you told me a little bit about West Point, how everybody starts off. Nobody's nobody's the leader. You come in, right? You told me this is your words. I don't mean to, you know, I don't mean to, yeah. <laughs> to steal your story here, but um, you know, that freshman year or your, whatever you call it, that as soon as you come on campus, no, you're not leading anybody. And then it just goes, it just you get molded into to that leadership. Absolutely. I mean, and and nothing is as when I see it and it's basketball or you know, high school math class or basketball practice or whatever, it's not as grand as West Point developing even more visible leaders. But yeah, there's, there is definitely um, that platform to learn. And I think that it starts with being a good follower. And I think that if, if there's people out there who are deciding whether or not they can be good leaders, then it starts because you don't have to be right away. You could follow her first, choose a good leader to follow. And the attitudes and actions are, will kind of fall into place. Start off by being a good good follower, and then it will it will kind of cascade and roll from there. What are your best days as a leader? Your best days as a coach? You think? My best days. Um, you're asking this question. It, it, it's all pretty raw. Our season ended forty less than forty eight hours ago. Okay, wow. And uh, it, there was a few people when I first got this job. It's only been four years, so there's some people who started off just four years ago or three. And I remember when I, the last, the game was, was inevitably ending and it was, it went the other way, it went to the other team who's so good. And I, I took the seniors, two of these seniors in particular off at the same time, just to have one last moment with them. Um, we, we were thanking each other. I, I was thanking them more than they were thanking me, even though you think, um, you know the the coaches has the, has the singular role and the, the bunch of players who are on the team as well. Um, but I I I think the, I looked at them and it was just a lot of emotion going in going into to that game. But then when they when I knew it was their last one, I just couldn't thank them enough. And I, I do think that that's just such a testament to to those guys. I think there's a there's a great saying: if you become a teacher by your pupils, you'll be taught. And um, I feel that way. I mean, I think that if I'm doing this right, I'm going to learn more from the guys than than they are for me, or maybe just as much. I, I know that I know that I'll I'll you know part of my job is to be a teacher and mm-hmm. be a coach, but I really think that if you're working together in the right way, I'm just as grateful to learn from them as 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 maybe they might be for me as well. That's that's awesome. Learning from them, well, well, they're learning from you. Congratulations on the end of the season season as well. Um, but I did want to turn it back over to you, Matt, if you had any final thoughts or, or advice when it comes to leadership uh, to add to the podcast. I, I just really appreciate what you guys are doing. I think it's a, it's a terrific app that I've been using and um, it allows me, there's some of the, you know, a lot of the thought provoking responses. It's just nice little exercises. And mm-hmm. I, and I really, I really appreciate that. It does, it does remind me just how just subtle behaviors can, can lead to big, you know, to big returns. And I, and I know that here we are talking about leaderly and, and it feels like it's, it's one person's job to, to lead a bunch of people. But I, I think that for all organizations, it's, it's everybody just working together. Mm-hmm. And, um, and there's a lot of notes of that with, with, with uh, what you got, the content that you guys produce. And I really, I'm really grateful for that. So thank you. All right. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show, Matt. Really appreciate you sharing your story and and your thoughts from over the years. Thanks again for coming on. Thanks, Darren. All right. And for all those out there listening, this has been the Live Leaderly Podcast.